Tanya for the 8th of Shvat, but first the story. The, the Tzadik Rabbi Eliezer Jikhov would say the following story in the name of Rishonim of Bells. One Rosh Hashanah, when it was time for the Shofar to be blown in Lezhensk, Eliyahu Hanavi came to visit Rabbi Elimelech of Lezhensk and told him that in Shamayim, and he came with someone else, and he told him that in Shamayim and in heaven there was very serious accusations, and if it wasn't in the merit of two people who hold the world up, it would be a very, a very bad situation. So Rabbi Elimelech asked Eliyahu Hanavi, who's the guest with you? Who, who's accompanied you? And so Eliyahu Hanavi said, it's Avram Avinu. But he said, it, it sounds like in the story, like it was obvious, like obviously it's Avram, it's Avram Avinu. So Elimelech asked Eliyahu Hanavi, so who are the two people who support the world up? So Eliyahu Hanavi said, one of them is Shmelka of Nicholasburg. So Elimelech asked, who's the second person? And Eliyahu Hanavi said, you're not worthy of knowing who it is. Okay, that's it. So he blows the shofar, Rosh Hashanah is over. Rebbe Melch decides he wants to make a, a, a travel to, um, to, to, to Nicholas Burke, to tell Rishmoka this revelation that he just discovered. So he travels. After Rosh Hashanah, he travels to Rishmoka of Nicholas Burke. And as soon as he opens the door, Rishmoka tells him, you obviously, he says, Shalom Aleichem. And he says, you obviously know that if it wasn't in our combined merits, the world would would have fallen apart. And then at that point, Rebbe Melch finally realized that he was the second person Eliyahu Navi was talking about. Today's Tanya is talking about perspective, about Simpson perspective, that the although we're talking about the contraction and we're talking about God's, um, God's um, energy as it is, it comes in the world by way of God's speech. And although God's speech is called speech, let's call it, but it's, a, it's of course not speech the way that we traditionally, traditionally know, that speech doesn't behave in the way that our speech does. In that our speech extends beyond ourselves and our speech reveals what was concealed. In regards to revealing what was concealed, you can argue possibly at this point in the time, you can argue possibly that this is similar to God. There was things that were concealed and now they become revealed. But in regards to speech in the in the way that this our speech is disconnected from ourselves of course you can't say that with god now let's continue the kacha mamish derech mashum yechedes dibure machshavte shalkadish baruch hu betachos ayichod b'mohusavet v'tzmos v'yisparach and just as when our thought is before our thought turns into speechless called and our emotions and our intellect turns into speech ideally the no one will say oh you know there's there's the guy and that's a the deep personality within himself oh there's two separate the person is he's tied in with his thoughts you before the before the zeros and ones inside his thoughts and and of course once it turns into actual speech it's unified with the person god's speech behaves like that because god's speech is entirely always with him so when god spoke the words that created the world and now there's chairs and tables and chandeliers fantastic but those aren't, don't, they don't leave outside of godliness. They remain entirely unified within God continuously. And nothing has been changed within God. So it's not just that everything is unified, but that there's no change in God. The rule of, of philosophy is that nothing can create and not be impacted by it. A craftsman creates a chandelier, 
that chandelier has now not just been changed that now all the elements and, and the, the the configurations of the atoms have been reconstructed in a different pattern in a different order but the craftsman has been changed by that experience when it comes to god however god isn't changed by the experience what how not and the answer is because it's not outside of god god's not changing something outside god's the reason why we say god doesn't change is because nothing's outside of god that's the only way to make it make sense so what's it? There's no change with Hashem. And in regards to the change that occurs, the change that occurs is only from our perspective. And this is very, very critical. This is, this is now change, uh, creating a very important um, conversation that the Tanya has in regards to perspective of change in regards to godliness. We perceive a form of change because before the world was here, there was only God and, you know, obviously weren't, weren't even around. Afterwards, we perceive this world to be independent. But that perception is only from our perspective because in regards to God, nothing's actually changed. So we look around and we're like, wow, this is such an impressive world. And this world has so much details and it's the flux and it ebb and there's change and it's different than the way it was before. That's a perspective and a, and a, and a, and a vision that God in, gives us as an illusion to see. Well, I don't want to use the word illusion because it is real, but it's only a perspective of creation. From God's perspective, however, nothing's ever changed. And everything's been created, cause and effect from the original well, the original words that God used to create the world. Now, if God, if God would use the ten original utterances of God's of God's words to create the world, everything would blow to bits. The energy of that was the sheer power of that is so powerful. So, what happens? Timsel happens. God takes the energy, the ten original words, breaks it up over and over and over and over again until it's literally diluted in such a way that a table and a chair and a chandelier is able to create and be sus- and, and continuously be sustained in a way that it doesn't blow to bits. The whole and all of creation and all of um, contractions is. Hashem putting curtains in front of his energy, enabling it to be broken up and constricted so that this wall can actually um, receive that energy in a healthy way. And therefore, because of that breaking down of energy, there's a perception, a false perception in this world that things are separate from God. Of course, nothing is. But from the creation perspective, it really does feel like the, the, the table is not getting energy directly from God. Because you look at the table, you don't see it. And it's only and it's issuing from him, just as a speech of a person comes from the person himself. And then comes separate from him. So that's the perspective that we're getting. That, you know, it's like emanating of speech. That, you know, a person speaks and then you say, well, of course, the words that he spoke three minutes ago are not part of him anymore. That's what the that's what the perspective of creation sees in, in speech. But the truth is, it's not like that. And that's what that's what the Tanya is really focusing on today. There's a lot of moving pieces. I'm trying to, to do it as quickly as possible. But what we're trying to say here is that Hashem breaks down His energy. But that energy and the fact that it seems like this world is separate from God is just the perspective given to us so we can exist and so the world can be sustained. Because if we didn't have that illusion, we didn't have that perspective, well then everything would just be shining pure godliness and we'd realize that there's nothing outside of God. So from God's perspective, everything's entirely Him. From our own perspective, we see this false narrative 
that God wants us to see, for this world to sustain, that seems like things are separate. And like I just said outside, in regards to God's perspective, there's been no contraction at all. And all the darkness and light are all the same. We see, we see a difference between darkness and light because we perceive some human-like, creation-like mentality where, yeah, there's, there's tables and chairs and then there's godliness. In regards to godliness, it's all just the same. It's all just pure, sheer godliness. Because even the contraction itself is not separate from God. It's all godliness. God is everything and everything is God. One of the fundamental principles of Judaism. And the ultimate gives an example, for example, like a turtle or a tortoise, whose garments are, the, are, are a part of itself. You perceive the outside of the turtle to be some separate thing, but the real truth of the matter is, it's all really the same. When you realize that the, the you know the turtle shell and the and the turtle the turtles can't be disconnected. The same thing with godliness. We perceive there to be you know a shell and the inside, let's call it, but the real truth of the matter is. It's all just godliness. Like we say, Hashem, Yud Kevavke, is Alekim. Like is explained elsewhere, the Alkham is going to deal with this later on in the second book of the Tanya at very great length. But the point is, from God's perspective, there's absolutely no difference between anything. Everything is godliness and everything is exactly the way it was before creation was even created. Whatever that means, of course. And therefore, in front of Hashem, everything is of absolute nothingness. Everything is of godliness. And remember, we're on a journey. That's the end of today's time. But a quick summary of where we're going with all of this. We're on a journey. Where's it? Khan. We're on, a, we're on a journey um, to understand the unity of God. What, to what end? Because when we understand the unity of God, we understand that a single Aveya is equal to giving up, the, the, to an Aveya like, like um, idol worship where a person will give up their life. And if a person could reconstruct this in their mind, well then they could tap into that, that part of their soul that will never let them bow down to an a, a, a idol for any sins. When they have a pig sandwich and like, oh, big deal, if they're able to understand the unity of God, they're able to reconstruct backwards and wake up this innate love inside of themselves to say, I'm willing to give up my life and not eat that pig sandwich. That same energy, they're able to reconstruct if they just realize that the unity of God makes no difference whether it's a small little sin or whether it's a massive sin. Thank you so much for joining Netanya. Netanya is the only mission of Shashana by Yavachan and Mishalom and Anselk, but it's a good time to have 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 a